When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the A World of Difference podcast. I'm Lori Adams-Brown, and this is a podcast for those who are different and want to make a difference. Today, I'm fresh off of coming out of uh, Chicago and speaking at the Restore Conference, where I had the chance to meet several individuals who had experienced workplace bullying and environments that were psychologically very unsafe and in cases, some cases physically very unsafe. And um, so today I got on uh, LinkedIn Live and did uh, just a whole session on psychological safety in the workplace, which is something I regularly talk about in the work that I do here in Silicon Valley. I work in global leadership and development for a tech company here and recently just got back from the UK where I was training a workshop with the curriculum from the Center for Creative Leadership that I've been able to um, get a contract with for the company that I work for over the next two years, rolling out their research-based content. And psychological safety is, is paramount in the work that I do and leadership and development across the world. There's no, not a single culture where this isn't a relevant topic. And because we here are trying to make a world of difference together and we bring all of our cultures and all of our differences into this conversation. And I know many of you that I was able to meet in person who are listeners and thank you for listening. Thank you to those of you in Chicago at the Restore Conference that came up to me and let me know that you listen. It means the world to me. I was able to give a few of you some stickers that listen to the podcast, and it meant so much to me to be able to just meet you face-to-face and hear your stories. And my heart breaks with those of you who have walked through trauma in your own workplace environments. It's incredibly difficult and challenging to walk through. It takes so much longer to recover than most of us realize, and those traumas can be things that trigger us even in new workplace environments. And so regardless of what experiences people have had in previous workplaces that they're bringing into a new workplace, even though there's such a, a variety of differences there, I think that this conversation today is so important because whether you have experienced violence in the workplace or psychological safety coupled with violence, which typically is does go together, um, or whether you just, you know, specifically and very narrowly experienced a very emotionally unhealthy workplace, whether it was in business or nonprofit, education, government, and a faith-based or religious space, any kind of workplace, whether you worked uh, for pay or as a volunteer, um, these are conversations that are so important. And uh, this is where the intersection of my job that I do here in tech and the career that I had before I worked uh, in business started working here in a business a couple of years ago, and now I'm in a, a second workplace that's a business and also a tech company. Uh, but whether I've been in nonprofit or faith spaces, education, um, non-government organizations, NGOs, or liaisoning with government organizations, all of these spaces, psychological safety has been incredibly important. And so now having heard so many of your stories at the Restore Conference and having a chance to 
sit in that pain with you and um, give each other resources of how we can walk through this in a way that's healthy moving forward. It's given me a lot of learnings um, as a developer of leaders in the tech space to um, really solidify even more so the importance of this topic. I'm going to be heading with my work that I do. I'll be heading to um, one of our sites near Memphis in a couple of weeks, um, next week in fact, and, um, and leading this workshop called Listen to Understand. Listening to Understand is only one key piece of psychological safety. All of these topics, though, intertwine with each other. So I wanted to bring them to you today because there's a lot of conversation here in California in Silicon Valley around this this topic. Actually, the research at Google and the Aristotle project they did several years ago, the conclusion was very surprising to everyone, <laughs> them included, that psychological safety was the number one factor in team performance. So this is it's kind of everything. <laughs> it's about well-being. It's about mental health awareness month that we're in. It's about um, productivity. It's about motivation, employee engagement. It's about um, good leadership, management, being an individual contributor that can really focus on your job, innovate, grow in your own career. All of it matters in this conversation. And that's why the convergence of this is so incredibly important. But also it matters in California because we are the area where a lot of the hashtag me too came out of the psychologically unsafe environment that was going on in Hollywood under Harvey Weinstein and all of the women who spoke out against him so bravely. And after so many years, it's, it just took a lot of risk to say the things that they said about not only was their environment very psychologically unsafe, but it was physically unsafe for them. And and all of those cases. And so um, often we see those going together. Um, but, you know, we're going to piece out just the part of psychological safety for today and have a very robust conversation around that. And so I'm just going to put into today's podcast, the LinkedIn Live that I did today. It gave 17 tips from my perspective of things that I've learned um, over the years and things that I've researched and things that others have told me that are working and advocating in this space that is hugely important no matter what your workplace environment. So um, whether you're on LinkedIn or not, I wanted you to have access to that here on the A World of Difference podcast as a way to make a difference for you. And so, yeah, please, I hope you do enjoy this conversation. And as always, um, just I want to mention that the sponsor of this podcast is BetterHelp. And BetterHelp is helping me quite a bit because I have had a therapist with them for a while now. Um, She has given me all kinds of grounding techniques and um, worksheets to work through the experience I had of walking through the recovery from a toxic workplace environment where it was psychologically unsafe in many ways. And I experienced emotional abuse in that environment and um, other types of abuse as well, you know, some harassment and discrimination and intimidation and coercion and workplace bullying um, specifically. And so therapy has been the thing that has helped me tremendously to heal and better help has been a space um, one of the many pieces of the the village I've created around myself to help myself heal. So once again, if you haven't heard me say this in the past couple episodes, if you go to www.betterhelp.com slash difference, you can get 10% off your first month. And I'm thrilled to be able to offer that to you because I know many of you, ones that I met in person in Chicago over the weekend, and many of you that reach out to me over email and through the website and over um, DMs and Instagram and all the various ways that you get in contact with me that many of you have watched through very psychologically unsafe environments and you deserve to heal. So I do hope that if you don't currently have a therapist, that you will give yourself that gift. It's been a great gift to me. 
Um, and I, I meet with my therapist again tomorrow and I always look forward to meeting with her. So please get, if you don't have somebody that's helping you walk through this and, um, and you have some just, you know, things that are kind of getting you stuck, please go to www.betterhealth.com slash difference and get 10% off your first month. I'm thrilled to be able to offer that to you and reach out and let me know how it's going. I'd love to hear from you if you're willing to share. So now it's time to get into a psychological safety in the workplace and the 17 tips that I offered today, the LinkedIn followers, and you get to share with that information here. As always, listen with curiosity, with an open mind, and at the end, I'll talk to you again and we'll debrief a little bit. So here you go with psychological safety on my LinkedIn live today. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. LinkedIn. Today, we're going to talk about psychological safety. I don't know if you're um, joining us yet. I'm here on my lunch break at our um, workplace here in Hello, everyone. Um, If you're just now joining us, I am here live on LinkedIn on my work break here in Silicon Valley today. So if you're also on the West Coast and you're taking your lunch right now about noon, um, I was working from home today and had been thinking about doing a live podcast interview during a, a lunch break at some time. And, and today um, is a day that it just worked out. So if you're just now joining us today, our topic is around psychological safety. So thanks for joining in from wherever you are in the world, whether you're watching this live or at another time. And once again, Thank you for those of you who are joining on your lunch break. (laughs) Hopefully it will be something that will encourage you as you go back into the office this afternoon or if you're working from home um, of all those video meetings you're about to have this afternoon and the work you're going to do today, I thought we would talk about psychological safety. This is a topic that's very important to me. It's also something that um, many of you know has been a topic that is not easy to talk about um, because sometimes it gets into things that are very important to us, such as how we lead and, and norms we've established. But today, especially because it's Mental Health Awareness Month and um, a few days ago last week, we had Mental Health Awareness Day. Even this morning, my office where I work here in Silicon Valley, we had a meeting around mental health. And so, yes, psychological safety is hugely important. If you're one of those who work at Google, you know that you've had a survey a few years ago that labeled psychological safety as really the number one factor in how teams are performing. And that is research that all of us have dug into and have found very important. Um, In my workplace, I've recently been able to sign a contract with the Center for Creative Leadership over the next couple of years. So I've been doing trainings. I just got back from the UK, training our team there and um, how to listen to understand. That's one of the many aspects we'll discuss today around psychological safety. Um, But as we talk about this topic today, I just want you to stay curious about maybe some things that you're going to learn. And there's going to be things you probably already know. And at the end, if you have questions or comments, I happily welcome those because I also, number one, want to learn from you because I'm not the only person who talks about this. And I'd love to learn from any of you who have more uh, knowledge in this area. But it's also a topic that's very important to me as somebody who works in global leadership and development and sees the benefit of creating a culture of psychological safety um, for my team, for how I work, for how I want to show up at work, and also for those who 
um, have gone through any sort of trauma in the workplace. So Today, we're going to talk through all types of tips and ways that we can get better at psychological safety because it does affect the bottom line of our organizations as we grow, as we get better. It produces better outcomes, both for individual employees and for teams and for organizations as a whole. So the first tip I have is to lead by example. So, you know, you can say all you want to say about being psychologically safe, but if you're not actually psychologically safe, it really doesn't work. So we have to start with ourselves. I always say the hardest part of leadership is self-leadership. For me in particular, I know I'm not alone um, having to look for what my own blind spots might be and putting systems in place that help me. But this particular one, lead by example, cannot be overstated. So we as leaders, as individual contributors, as managers, whatever our role is in the companies and organizations where we work, we really set the tone for openness and honesty as leaders, managers, individual contributors. And we do that by demonstrating our own vulnerability and admitting when we make mistakes. This can be hard for a lot of us who've been raised in perfectionistic environments or who have worked in environments that expected perfection, and we therefore expect that of ourselves. Um, So having self-compassion on yourself to admit you made a mistake and that you're human. Also seeking input from your team those that you supervise, those that supervise you, your peers. You want all kinds of input from people around you, and you want to model the behaviors that you want to see. And you want to set the stage uh, by including leadership practices that are very inclusive. And we're going to get into that in more detail. So first, lead by example. The second thing I would say is making psychological safety a very explicit and regularly stated priority. You have to say these words with your mouth, right? As a leader, as a manager, as an individual contributor, that you're creating psychological safety and you're working for that. So talk with your teams about the importance of creating psychological safety at work and actually why it matters. And we know why it matters. It's connected to the higher purpose of our organizational concepts, such as innovation. I recently, last month, in my monthly manager meetup that I lead for my company here, I, uh, not my company, the company I work for, (laughs) Hive Solutions, Um, but where I work here, I, I work in leadership and development, and I have these monthly manager meetups. And the one we did last month that I led was around innovation, Innovation is one of our highest values at the company where I work, and it's also um, incidentally something that is directly connected to psychological safety. So when you have psychological safety, your team is going to be more innovative. Your team is going to be more engaged as well, and you're going to have more inclusion. So if inclusion is a value at your company, and it's certainly a value at the company where I work, This is all connected to psychological safety. When people are working on how to motivate employees, psychological safety is one of the main ways. So all of these are connected to the higher purpose of our organizations. And so make those connections with people. um, Give people the compelling evidence that exists about why psychological safety was Um, pinpointed as the number one thing at the research Google did a few years back and also um, why it matters. And also ask for yourself, ask for help when you need it. And then when others ask you for help, please freely give that help to them as well. This really kind of helps the whole thing happen. The third thing is to encourage diverse perspectives. Now, I, once again, am fortunate to work in a company that really values diversity and diverse perspectives, but it's still hard work. It's work we all must do continually all the time. And to encourage team members to share their unique viewpoints on the teams that you're on and to give their unique perspectives and experiences. Really, diversity of thought 
can lead to more innovative solutions. We know this because of the research and because of the outcomes we see in our workplaces. The fourth thing is connected to that, and that's really to not only encourage diverse perspectives, but actually facilitate everyone speaking up. And that means we have to be open-minded, compassionate, and willing to listen when someone is actually brave enough, and it is brave, to say something challenging the status quo. We know that in any work environment, you have to be really brave to say something that is a challenge to to the way things have been done. So really be compassionate, facilitate those people who speak up, and show actual genuine curiosity and empathy, and really honor the frankness uh, and the truth-telling of those who are brave enough to actually share it. We need those truth tellers. Otherwise, we get in blind spots. Our organizations go in the same direction when the whole world is moving into a different one, and we lose out on opportunities both in business to create new products that we keep our companies relevant um, and in nonprofit spaces where we're trying to make a difference in the communities where we live and work um, or in education spaces where education is changing all the time. So those who are frank and brave, we need to honor them. Organizations with a coaching culture, incidentally, will be more likely to have team members who have the courage to speak the truth. And we're also going to look through some more tips about how we can do that. And the fifth one is to have regular check-ins. I personally like to do one-on-ones with those I supervise, even if it's just 15 minutes a week. And I ask, you know, the same questions um, over and over again so we know what they're going to expect me to ask. Like, what do you love about work right now? What do you loathe about work right now? How can I be more helpful and give you resources that you need? I I got these from Marcus Buckingham, if you follow the work that he does, and all the Strengths Finder and and that work and the, the Gallup research. Those are three questions I found to be really helpful to have 15-minute one-on-one check-ins with people that I supervise. But these are really important for psychological safety, conducting regular one-on-one meetings with your team members to understand their concerns, their challenges, and check in on their well-being. And this provides a, a private space for open dialogue around these things. And the sixth thing is to establish norms for how failure is handled because failure will happen. It will happen to us. It will happen to our teams. It will happen in our organizations. And so showing recognitions that mistakes are an opportunity for us to grow, saying it, but also doing it and creating that environment where it's actually true because you can say all you want that you're safe to make mistakes here, but if people don't feel safe, it doesn't work. And so you have to have clear examples of this at work, too, that you're also letting people notice that it's okay. You should honor risk-taking both in word and deed. Do not punish experimentation and reasonable risk-taking. And so when we encourage learning from failure and disappointment and show those examples in our own work, this really helps people feel psychologically safe to innovate. Um, And you should openly share the really hard-won lessons that you have learned from your own mistakes. This part is really key. Use candor also when expressing any disappointment, but also an appreciation. And this will actually encourage innovation instead of sabotaging it. And I know in the tech industry where I work, innovation is huge. We do not want to sabotage innovation. So psychological safety is how we get there. Um, And then number seven, anonymous feedback. You want all kinds of feedback. And anonymous feedback is one of the many types of feedback you want to work on for psychological safety. And um, really, this involves just sort of implementing a system for anonymous feedback, like suggestion boxes, anonymous surveys, allowing employees to express concerns without fear of repercussions, and 
to absolutely not retaliate in any form um, for what someone writes on a survey. That should be very highly valued at your organization in order for psychologically psychological safety to be present. Should also, number eight, create spaces for new ideas, even ones that are really way out there um, because that's how we grow. That's how we find the new thing, right? It's acceptable to ask the tough questions, um, and but also do so while always being supportive of the team at the same time, that we're all trying to grow with curiosity. So create a culture where all leaders can be questioned, and that means anyone, that no one is above questions. And because we all have blind spots. I don't care what kind of leader you are, what kind of manager you are, what kind of individual contributor you are. We all have blind spots and creating a culture where we can be questioned helps us see those and helps us grow and helps our organizations grow at the same time. So this is huge. Consider whether you only want ideas that have been thoroughly tested or whether you are actually willing to accept highly creative and out-of-the-box ideas that are not yet sort of well-formulated. And you can learn more about this by doing your own research on how to foster innovation mindsets on your team. There's a lot written about that. Um, reach out to me here on LinkedIn if you want to know more. I have some resources that have been helpful for me. Number nine is conflict resolution training. Providing training on effective conflict resolution techniques is really helpful. And this really helps team members address issues constructively and reduces that fear of conflict. And a lot of us have fear of conflict based on previous workplace environments, conflict that didn't go well, that wasn't healthy, that wasn't handled well, maybe our own families of origin, friendships we've had, um, or just, you know, traumatic places we've grown up where conflict was just an ongoing thing in our society that wasn't dealt with in a healthy way. But conflict resolution training can be really helpful because I really love what Brene Brown says. Every team needs a good rumble. We all have different perspectives. How we handle that should be with the utmost psychological safety in order for that conflict to actually produce a result that helps us all get better. Number 10 and this one's really important and can be difficult to implement, um, but mentoring and support networks. So encouraging mentorship in your organization, establishing support networks within the organization it can be very helpful in this way. And it could be as simple as just having someone to turn to either officially or unofficially for advice and guidance. And that has been shown to really boost psychological safety. Eleven is to have clear communication. Now, I really believe in this. I've been working on this quite a bit in my company. It's my number one uh, leadership emphasis right now and has been for the past five months um, is to help us get better at communication because we could always get better. So I've been doing these workshops on Listen to Understand. Just got back, like I said, from the UK, leading one of those through some of the Center for Creative Leadership curriculum, which is excellent, by the way. Um, also about to go to uh, near Memphis to do that with our um, our company leadership there. And it really is so helpful in psychological safety as you're working on this whole area as a goal to learn to listen well in a way that you can truly understand. This is an area we could all get better in, myself included, but learning to listen for facts, feelings, and values, those are challenging to do all at the same time or even just one at a time, but it's something we can all get better at and it really does help to have clear communication. And part of that is, is because when we have misunderstandings and misinterpretations that can not only erode psychological safety at our work, it could actually cause us to lose a lot of time 
and it could also it could also lower motivation at work and we we can't afford to do those so clear communication is a huge priority and um, it helps us to build that psychological safety the 12th thing is continuous learning many of you just naturally have a strength of lifelong learning and that's something you naturally do um, but others have to work harder at it and it is something that's really important to foster a culture of continuous learning and growth so that when you know employees Employees feel supported in their professional development um, when, when we're all continually learning from each other and they're more likely to speak up when things are wrong. And we certainly want to know when things are wrong and not working well. Thirteen is to make an intentional effort to promote dialogue. And this does take intentionality. So asking colleagues powerful, open-ended questions and then to actively listen to understand um, their feelings, their values, and the facts. So promoting those at work and your systems um, who are skilled at giving and receiving feedback is very important and creating space for people to raise concerns and that people know where that is. They feel safe to do so. Providing opportunities to learn how to share constructive feedback to one another and what respectful responses look like. For example, when someone asks a question and it, of somebody in a C-suite leadership position in middle management of an individual contributor, it really doesn't matter. But when someone asks a question of that person and that person responds with intense anger toward that person, that does not feel psychologically safe to the person who is asking a question. So we need to really work on those. And if that happens in the workplace, it needs to be immediately dealt with no matter what level of leadership that person is that got angry. It's just super unacceptable to put someone's anger in a particular way, either verbally or with their body language in a way that crushes those questions because that will crush innovation, it will crush motivation, and it will lead to a high attrition rate and it will waste a lot of time on the team when if that one leader is dealt with and they learn how to respond appropriately to a question um, in a psychologically safe, well, this is going to have uh, so much effect on the organization as a whole, not just the one person who was receiving the question and one person who was asking it. So, um, yes helping people know how to raise those concerns and with respectful responses, as well as um, framing feedback in a way that um, I love the Center for Creative Leadership's work on this, which is situation behavior impact. And if you can add in certain situations, the intent. And that just means when you're giving feedback to someone, instead of getting angry and saying, you know, you are this kind of person, you always do this thing, or uh, building, you know, keeping a record of their wrongs and then confronting them in a barrage, that is so unacceptable in, in a, a workplace. But when you can say, here's the situation, um, here's the behavior that I noticed, not who they are as a person, but the behavior, that's very key. Um, and then saying, this is the impact it had on me. So I statements, right? And then if you could ask the question, what was your intent? And actually be curious and open-minded to what their response is. This is huge for clear communication and good feedback. And it's just a skill we can all learn um, as human beings who are going to sometimes see things differently and need to have those conversations in our workplace. All of these concepts all these concepts can make feedback psych psychologically safe and valuable for our workplaces. The 14th one here, uh, and we're almost done with our list. We're getting toward the end, <laughs> um, is improved skill at feedback conversations combined with a psychologically safe work environment will actually yield colleagues who are more willing to share unspoken reservations. So it is sort of the skill. So to remember that creating psychological safety is a skill. Now, some people may be 
um, just born better at it, but most of us aren't. Most of us have to work really hard at this. And I would argue, even if you're born with certain skills, you still have to work at this. Um, and it'll yield colleagues who are more willing to share unspoken reservations with one another and propose solutions that are thoroughly tested before being implemented. So you may actually, in your workplace, want to consider investing in strengthening the quality of conversations across your organization, because really, the better conversations you're having, the better your culture is going to be, and you're going to waste less time in communication. I'm currently going through certification with the Center for Creative Leadership to be able to um, train our company in some of their, you know, award-winning programs that are very research-based. And one of them is Better Conversations Every Day, where we're going to be digging in really deep into how to have these conversations. So we waste less time in miscommunication and can move forward in, in a healthier way on an ongoing basis. The 15th one is recognition and appreciation. And I know that many of you really appreciate when you're noticed for the work that you do and you are shown appreciation by either your peers, your managers, um, and even for people that maybe you don't work with directly. It feels good to, to have that acknowledged. And so when we acknowledge and appreciate the contributions of team members, um, this is huge for psychological safety. Feeling valued really reinforces that. And positive interactions and conversations between individuals are really built on that trust and mutual respect. So we need to celebrate wins. We need to notice and acknowledge what's going well. And so sharing credit here is really important. Embracing expertise among many and the success of the collective versus that single hero narrative. Because it doesn't feel good when somebody has done 90% of the work and somebody else gets credit that they did 10% but because they were maybe in a a manager position um, or a position of, of supervising that person, that that person gets the credit and doesn't say, you know, my team really did this with me, which is often true. So we really need to create that kind of culture that's less hero focused and more collective focus. So when we celebrate what's going well, however small, we really do need to appreciate people's efforts to contribute their hours and their skills. And encouraging and expressing gratitude really reinforces your team member's sense of self. And it gives your team members the benefit of the doubt when they actually take a risk, ask for help, or admit their own mistakes. So in turn, they trust that they will do the same for you because we all have bad days, don't we? We're all human and we need to be human leaders and individual contributors and managers. We need to recognize that we're all not chat GPT or AI, thank God for them because they're helping us at work, but we need to be the humans and we need to let each other be human. Number 16, and this one is very, very important to me. And um, I, ha I could have a whole podcast just around this, a whole conversation just around this, but it is zero tolerance for bullying or harassment of any kind in the workplace. We need to make it abundantly clear that bullying, harassment, or any form of discrimination will not be tolerated at all. And we need to implement very strict policies and procedures to address such issues promptly. We need to have systems that eliminate bullying tell managers explicitly what to do to report it and what the consequences are um, if they are the one bullying because zero tolerance is key here. You want to create a culture where people who observe bullying also report that to HR and the HR has a strong, robust system in place of how to do that and that retaliation in any form is not acceptable, especially retaliation in the form of firing someone for reporting abuse. 
or harassment or discrimination or bullying of any kind. And the 17th and the last one is to embrace productive conflict. We talked a little bit about this earlier that Brene Brown says a good rumble is good for teams, right? Um, But we really want to set the stage for incremental change by establishing team expectations for factors that contribute to psychological safety, to promote that sincere dialogue and constructive debate, and to work to resolve conflicts in a productive way. And there's a lot of different... um, you know, organizations that support businesses and nonprofits, educational spaces, faith-based workspaces on how to resolve conflicts productively. So if your organization really struggles with this and you don't have the internal resources, I really encourage you to seek outside help in this way because there's a huge difference between what is conflict and what is bullying, harassment, discrimination, or even abuse. And knowing the difference between the two is really key for your organization and psychological safety. So I would say talk to your team and ask some questions. Some good questions to ask would be, what are our norms around managing conflict? And um, when people have two different perspectives that seem at odds with one another, how do we do that? Do we go at each other in a way that's not safe? Do people end up quitting over that and we lose all of their knowledge and years of experience over a conflict resolution that could have been handled better? Um, Are there any ramifications for when people cross the line and the boundary of putting their anger on someone else in an unhealthy way for asking a question or for having a concern or for having a different perspective? And how will team members communicate their concerns of a process that doesn't work? If you have something that's not working well in your company, I would hope that you want to know that. If you're in an educational space and something isn't working, I would hope that you would want someone to bring that to your attention. If you're in a nonprofit or a faith-based space and something is clearly not working and many people know it, but they don't feel psychologically safe to bring it up, you are at risk. And this is for your benefit to allow people to bring their concerns, but how you do it matters. So ask your team members, um, what is the process? And if they think it's not working, be open to that because it will only help you get better. And then another question I would encourage you to ask your team is how can concerns be shared with colleagues in a respectful way? Model that, train on it, not just once, but continually be training on that, showing your own examples. As I mentioned, number one, lead by example yourself. And so these are questions you could work with on your team. And Just in closing, I want to say, you know, remember that psychological safety is a very ongoing process that requires commitment from all levels of an organization. Everyone must be a part of this. It's about creating an environment where individuals feel comfortable expressing their thoughts, their ideas, their concerns without fear of negative consequences, and certainly without fear of any sort of retaliation. And these are ways we can be a part of creating psychological safety at work. And this is not just an issue for Mental Health Awareness Month. This is something for every month of the year, every day of the year. And we know that psychological safety at work contributes to our own well-being. And don't you want to be the kind of workplace where people love working there and they go home happy to their families, fulfilled, and they want to show up the next day and they want to give their best work to the organization because they feel safe. The opposite is also true. When it's psychologically unsafe at work, that can often be carried as trauma in employees' bodies, and it can decrease motivation. It can make their innovation more challenging. Their ability to initiate can be hindered in their own brains and bodies because of what their body may be experiencing as trauma is a lack of psychological safety, depending on what level of experience they've had with that. So 
if we can create environments that allow our employees to bring the best work of their lives into our organizations, why wouldn't we do that? And psychological safety is key. So thanks for joining me today. If you have any questions or comments, I welcome those. It's been an honor to talk with you, and I hope this has been really helpful. Um, Please let me know how you reacted to it and if you have anything to add. Thanks so much, and keep being psychologically safe and making a difference wherever you are. Okay, a World of Difference podcast listeners, would love to know what you think about that. Please reach out and give me your tips, your learnings, your curiosities, your wrestling, your struggles, your story, Um, any books you've read or people that you follow, thought leaders about this topic of psychological safety, would love to hear. Always wanting to learn more in this area. I think we have a lot of work to do and it's going to take all our brains, all our differences, our different experiences around this conversation. I want to sit at the table with you and help make a difference together. This is huge. This is huge for any of us in any workplace environment. When you have psychological safety, it's the absolute best. Nowhere is perfect. But when you have it, it really does matter. Your brain is available to initiate and innovate and care for others and mentor and develop other leaders around you and get better as a group, bringing your differences in a safe way. It allows you to say, you know what, that's not working quite so well. Let's improve the system. It allows you to say, hey, that decision that we're about to make is going to impact our employees in this way. And I think that our motivation is going to tank and we might actually lose a few people in the process. And that attrition rate is going to hurt us overall. And that decision may not be the best. We need that safety to ask the questions, to help our organizations get better. And because we want to be the kind of a workplace that people want to work at. We want to be the kind of place where we're not crushing people, we're not burning them out, but we're helping them flourish and that they love where they work. Because um, even the CEO where I work, he says those kind of things to me. It's it's a joy um, for the past two CEOs that I've worked very closely with, the current one and the previous one. It's a joy for them to see people start as individual contributors and grow in the company and learn the process and, and get to the point where they have a salary where they can buy housing for their family. I've had both of the CEOs, the one I currently work for and the previous one say these very things to me. It brings joy to them. And that's the kind of thing you want people to be psychologically safe enough to grow in their career enough to, to make innovative decisions that help our company grow and help them grow. So this topic is, if you can't tell already, (laughs) very important to me and I'm always learning. So welcoming every one of your perspectives that you want to share with me, you know, comment on Instagram. If you see us post about this on there, comment on LinkedIn. If you're not there, please join and join in that conversation there. I would love to have a robust conversation around this there because that is sort of workplace social media site. But also I realize that some of you are more on the threads community. And so join me there as well about this conversation would love all of your perspectives because it helps me grow. And I want to create psychological safety for each of you with me even if it's in a virtual space, for you to know that I welcome your comments because I do and I really love them and I learn from you. So yes, thank you for joining this conversation. If it has um, been helpful to you in any way and you know somebody that could benefit, please share this podcast with them. Another way you can make a difference um, is just to give us a rating. If this meant something to you, let us know in a review because I don't know why, but that for whatever reason really helps those 
um, algorithms on the podcast, uh, you know, situation. <laughs> Clearly, I don't have the words for even what goes on there, even though I've sat in sessions about this at three different podcast uh, conferences where I've spoken. Um, I don't completely understand how all of it works and it's constantly changing. But one thing I know for sure is reviews do always help. So if you feel like we deserve a five-star review, I'd love to have that and any comments that you have about how this has been helpful. So that would be great. Um, and then, you know, also I would love to have you join us for a deeper conversation. So I'll be going a little bit deeper on this topic in our difference makers community. And I, love everyone that has joined there and how this conversation does get deeper every single episode with our exclusive content that's there. So if you're wanting more and exclusive content sounds exciting to you, I would love to have you join us in a deeper conversation around this topic of psychological safety. And also in that Difference Maker community, you can join for as little as $5 a month, the price of a flat white at your local coffee shop. Um, and for all of that, you know, for all of $5, you get an enormous amount of content, which is constantly growing. And so when you join us there, you'll also have an opportunity at different tiers to, to speak into this podcast and say, Hey, I think that we should have an episode around this. Um, also I have not only really deep conversations, but we get a little bit fun in there. So I put in some travel tips and I know many of you listening love to travel, used to travel, want to travel more, or just find it fascinating to, to hear about, you know, when people travel and the tips that they have. And so that's a fun little, you know, small part of what goes on in the Difference Maker community. But please join us for a ton of exclusive content, once again, for only $5 a month. And you can go to www.aworld.com what am I saying? That's the, that's our podcast website. <laughs> you can go to www.patreon.com slash a world of difference. So that's patreon.com slash a world of difference to get started and join our membership club community and go a little deeper with us. It's a lot of fun in there. It gets a little wild, but it's also fun and we go very, very deep. So I'd love to have you join us. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for making a difference wherever you are. And please be psychologically safe in ways that you can create for yourself and your teams, your families, your faith spaces, your workspaces, your communities, because you deserve psychological safety. So let's spread this like a contagion, not like COVID, <laughs> but like a contagion that's really good. This kind of goodness really deserves to spread around the world. So be psych psychologically safe, everyone. And until next time, keep making a difference wherever you are.